With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hey everybody, what's up? Welcome in to Best on the Board. Presented by BetMGM. It is Friday, May 6th. We are taking a look at the Major League Baseball slate for this Friday on this episode of Best on the Board. Michael Beller and Derek Van Riper here with you. DVR, usually when you and I get together on Friday, we are getting excited about a 15-game slate. But weather is just terrible in the Midwest, the Mid-Atlantic, and the Northeast. That 15 has already been reduced to 13. Dodgers-Cubs in Chicago washed out. Rangers-Yankees in New York washed out. Games in Cleveland, Philadelphia, Baltimore, Boston, all in jeopardy. I am very excited for this weather to finally turn, which looks like it's happening next week. I can't speak to how great the weather is where I am, but (laughs) I am surprised to see this many games getting potentially wiped off the slate. We might have a 20-game Saturday with all the doubleheaders of all the makeups and trying to, to get all these games in because I know... You know, with the delayed start to the season, especially kicking the can down mm-hmm. the road is not as easy this year as it has been in years past. Especially for matchups like Dodgers, Cubs, and Rangers, Yankees. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so those are already rescheduled as uh, as doubleheaders on Saturday, and maybe we'll get a few more depending on how the weather goes. And Cleveland, Cincinnati, Philadelphia, Boston, Baltimore. Just a lot of moving parts to watch on this Friday, May 6th. And DVR, you know, May 6th is a day that always sticks out in my head in the baseball world because this is the now 24th anniversary of Kerry Wood's 20 strikeout game. How about that? Ah, I know you'd celebrate that. So. Twenty-four. Well, I actually, I actually have a personal story that I'm going to make everyone suffer through before we get to our picks here. Um, I was supposed to. I could have gone to that game. My cousin had a ticket for that game for me. He asked me if I wanted to go. I, of course, wanted to go. But uh, unfortunately for me, I was in seventh grade at the time, and uh, the combination of missing a day of school and a baseball game of my own was too much for my parents to handle. They said, no, sorry, kid, you're going to school, you're playing in your own game, you're not going to the Cubs game, school's almost over, you'll have plenty of opportunities to go to the Cubs game in the summer, when you're not playing a game yourself, relax. Uh, So as everyone knows from the highlights from that game, it was a rainy day in Chicago, my game got rained out. Kerry Wood struck out 20 batters, and I'm guessing that whatever I learned in seventh grade on May 6th of 1998 isn't something that has any impact on my life today. Most likely, no. And (laughs) if you would have missed it, you probably would have learned it between now and then anyway. So, uh, and the fact that your own game got banged by the weather is just the the extra salt in the wound because I would say good parenting overall. Yeah, right? Cubs play a million day games. So (laughs) if you're a kid that roots for the Cubs, Getting your parents to convince you that you should be allowed to miss school for a day game in, in April or May before mm-hmm. school gets out, that is an uphill battle. That it I is. think the parents usually win that one unless you pull a Ferris Bueller. <laughs> yeah. yeah, they definitely did. And, right, and Ferris was like a high school senior, so he at least had some agency. I was just a little punk in seventh grade. I couldn't possibly pull that one off without my parents knowing somehow. 
Yeah, you didn't have access to Cameron's dad's car. Either. Yeah, right. None of it. None of it. And I was not the sausage king of Chicago. So like none of that, none of it was going my way. But I haven't let my parents forget it. 24 years later, I still bring it up to them. So uh, definitely going to have to send them a text or something later today. It's my parents. Maybe I can give them a phone call. Why the hell not? But you're not here for that story, even though you had to hear it. You are here for our picks on what is now a 13 game and potentially getting even lower game slate on this Friday. DVR and I, however, we're just, we're saying, forget it. We're not, we're not worried about any of these games in the Midwest or the Northeast. We are just looking at the games uh, where we know the weather is going to be nice because it's always freaking nice in California and all of that. So that's really where we have our attention focused for our six picks combined, three picks apiece. DVR, let's go to you first here. Let's talk about Diamondbacks and Rockies. Merrill Kelly taking the bump. For the D-backs in this game, you've got to play for us on his K-prop. What are you liking here and why? Yeah, like every three weeks on this show, I end up encouraging people to bet on a player that I've never really liked that much. And I guess Merrill Kelly is that guy for today's show. Although I'm beginning to warm up to Merrill Kelly because there are some changes in his arsenal. It's a clear five-pitch mix. This is a guy that has shown uh, good control during his time since returning back to the big leagues. And the tinkering he has done to that arsenal has made him a more effective pitcher. I don't think he's necessarily that fringy number five starter that we saw a couple of years ago. He looks more like a mid-rotation guy to me with this latest round of changes. The big thing for me is that he gets the Rockies at home, and he gets the Rockies at home with them leaving Colorado. And as we know, when you leave Colorado, when you leave Coors Field and you go play somewhere else, the ball moves differently. It is really difficult to make that adjustment in the first game especially. So I think a guy that has a deep arsenal, you know, a breaking ball that he throws with that curveball about 14% of the time, he might use that a bit more in a matchup like this, mixing everything else, the fastball, the change, and the cutter. I could see this being one of those games where Merrill Kelly gets five to six strikeouts pretty easily, even though the Rockies as a team are not the abysmal strikeout team we're looking for. It's yeah. just the the glaring difference in home production and road production for Colorado that we want to take advantage of here. And I think you're getting a pretty good line with Merrill Kelly's strikeout total sitting at four and a half. So I'm on the over side of that. Yeah, and even with the Colorado not being that abysmal strikeout team that uh, you, you look for necessarily in these props, and with them being just a much more productive team overall through the first month of the season than I think most of us were expecting, the fact that you're getting this at minus 110 is nice, right? I mean, that, that, that the price is right, too. The, the, num the number's right, and the price is right. And so you got to like both sides of that uh, with the Rockies in Arizona away from their very nice, comfortable home in Colorado. Merrill Kelly going over the four and a half Ks. DVR's first pick of the day. For my first pick of the day, I'm going to take us to Cardinals and Giants, where we have a matchup between a couple of teams that are performing pretty well to start the season. On the full game money line, we are looking at the Giants as minus 130 and the Cardinals as plus, at plus 105. The pitching matchup in this one, Alex Cobb and Jordan Hicks. And because of that, I'm going to go ahead and jump to the first five money line where the Giants are minus 120, and I like this one, DVR. I don't want to mess around with this game getting beyond the starting pitchers, which is typically why you make a first five bet. Cardinals bullpen has been you know, pretty excellent this season, and so I could see this game uh, you know, maybe uh, being close as we get into the later innings and the Cardinals being able to pull out a victory. But in the first five innings, Jordan Hicks, I like, you know, just as an agnostic baseball fan, I like a commitment to Jordan Hicks potentially as a starting pitcher. 
but this is still a guy who needs to get stretched out. We're still not expecting him, you know, to go much more. I, I think the Cardinals would take it right now, would sign up for four good innings right now. Yeah, I don't think you can really count on him for much more than that. In his last outing, he threw 63 pitches. And so in three games as a starter, he's thrown 46, 42, and 63 pitches. The longest he's gone, three and a third. That was also in that most recent outing against the Diamondbacks. And so if you're really slating him for, what, maybe 70, 75 pitches, depending on where he is in the inning and the lineup at that pitch count, I just think that the Giants are going to be able to take advantage of this matchup. And so I like the minus 120. I like the minus 120 on the the first five better than the minus 130 in the full game because of the way things could even out once the starting pitchers are indeed out of this game. Alex Cobb's off to a pretty good start this season, so I like his chances to keep St. Louis in check for the first few innings of this game. Give me the Giants on the strength of their offense against Jordan Hicks for the first five innings, minus 120 on that money line. Yeah, I'm on board with that. I mean, I think the thing about making Jordan Hicks a starter is that he's just never really had the command to mm-hmm. be efficient. And I think if you're talking about a guy who's inefficient because of command, who has workload concerns on top of that, you're going to probably rely on that bullpen to get you through at least four innings and maybe more. Like mm-hmm. Jordan Hicks has to pitch well and add to his pitch count from his last time out to get through five innings. That's a pretty big stretch. And then he has to also pitch better than Alex Cobb. So I think you're right. I think the first five is definitely the way to go here, though, because the Cardinals do have a a really nice bullpen. Ryan Helsley has been a great story for them so far this season. All right, let's go back to you, and let's go back to another K-Prop. We've got a very fun pitching matchup going down in San Diego tonight with the Padres welcoming in the Marlins for a weekend series. Sandy Alcantara going for the Marlins. You Darvish going for the Padres. If you're interested in the full game money line odds, it is plus 105 for the Marlins, minus 130 for the Padres, which speaks to how good Sandy Alcantara is, and so does your play for this game, DVR. Yeah, I'm taking the over at 5.5Ks on Alcantara in this matchup. It's minus 130. Part of the reason I like making a bet like this is that I look at Alcantara, he gets deep into games. Mm -hmm. So it doesn't have to be hyper-efficient in terms of getting all the Ks in a short outing. He could go seven or eight innings and kind of ease into it and hit the over. And that's well within range. I mean, this Padres team is exceeding my expectations without Fernando Tatis Jr., so it's not quite the the layup matchup that we might have thought it was a few weeks ago, but we still know San Diego, even though it's less pitcher-friendly than it used to be, it's still a pitcher-friendly park overall. It's going to be a great pitching matchup. Of all yeah. the pitching matchups that are actually going to happen on the <laughs> slate tonight, I think this is easily the most exciting one to watch. Uh, we saw it a season ago, though. Over 200 Ks in just 205 in two-thirds innings, 26 Ks so far this season. A little surprised to see the walk rate is up for Sandy Alcantara. I don't think that's going to be a problem going forward. The velo is still really good, mixing four pitches really consistently. It's the four-seamer, the sinker, the slider, and the changeup. And you look at the heat maps, He's locating about as well as anybody in the game right now. So if he's having one of those nights where he's putting the ball anywhere he wants in any situation, I think it's going to be a rough night for those Padres bats. Yeah, I think so too. And I love that. Just I'm with you. I love this pitching matchup. Should be a lot of fun with these two guys getting together. These two teams getting together. Should be a fun weekend series. Obviously, we've got a lot of these, uh, you know, uh, interdivision matchups. And so it's fun to see uh, two teams like this. And we do, obviously, we don't get these matchups a ton. So it's great to see the pitchers matched up with each other, like Alcantara and Darvish. So almost certainly be the only time we see it all season, unless these teams meet up in the playoffs also. So uh, definitely savor this matchup when the Marlins and Padres 
Padres kick things off in San Diego tonight. I am going to go to Mariners and Rays. This is actually, I, I think I bet this exact same matchup just a couple of weeks ago on the other side of what I'm going to do yeah. tonight. It is Matt Whistler and Logan Gilbert in Seattle. Uh, Matt Whistler, of course, just an opener here. Plus 105 for the Rays on the money line, minus 125 for the Mariners. In that one a couple of weeks ago, I backed the Mariners uh, and it came through. Today, I'm going to back the Rays and think that it comes through. Matt Whistler, like we said, an opener. Actually opened pretty well against Seattle uh, in that matchup a couple of weeks ago. Two shutout innings, struck out two batters. Logan Gilbert, I've got nothing negative to say about him. He is off to a phenomenal start this season, taking that next step that Seattle needs him to take this year if they are going to be the sort of team they think they can be. But what is not happening for Seattle is that offense, DVR. This team is just an absolute mess. J.P. Crawford, Ty France, they are more than holding up their end of the bargain. Pretty much everyone else in that Seattle lineup, whether it's A. Eugenio Suarez, Jared Kellenick, Jesse Winker, they are just not getting the job done right now. Winker's hitting into some bad luck, but the other guys in that lineup, uh, especially Suarez and Jared Kellenick, just not doing anything that you want to see from them offensively. So until those guys are at that level, I just think this is too big of a price difference for them to be laying even with Logan Gilbert on the mound against a good team like the Rays. If we were talking about a team that wasn't quite at the Rays level, I think that's fair. But uh, with the way that Seattle is not performing offensively, I think that minus 125 is too big of a number for them to be laying against a team as good as Tampa is. So I'll take the plus 105 on the Rays. I'll trust that the combination of Matt Whistler and whoever follows him is going to be able to keep the Seattle offense in check once again and take the plus money on you know what might be right now the better team between these two. Love the confidence uh, going to the other side of a matchup. It was the same pitching matchup too yeah. last time, right? It was, it was either Whistler or a different opener with Josh Fleming as the as the follower. Uh, the first thing I thought when I saw this game was, what do we make of Julio Rodriguez at this point? Because if he gets multiple at bats against Josh Fleming, there might be some pretty interesting props for him. Uh, but the home run prop for Julio Rodriguez is plus five hundred. And I'm like, ah, I can't. I, he's got one in his career. Have I know a he's, little bit of fun. He it, it, it's, that's having a little bit of fun, but uh-huh. I need I need better odds than plus five hundred to actually take the chance on a home run prop. I mean, that's that's absurd, yeah. right? Because you're banking on a follower pitching well enough to see a guy twice in the order, probably not a third time, and then mm-hmm. you have to deal with nasty bullpen arms around that, which. that's part of what makes home run props so difficult for me to talk myself into is that Uh even if you like one of the pitchers that you're likely to see, you often run into a case where the other matchups are not that good. Yeah. And you're getting that matchup against the pitcher you like to see once. Yeah, maybe even one time, depending on how everything breaks. Yeah, so it's tough. It's definitely tough to buy that, especially if we're not talking about a home run guy, right? Which Julio Rodriguez, not yet in his career, at least. So it's it's a, it's a fun bet. It's all homer bets are always fun bets. They're tough bets to really get behind. And yeah, I would say five to one is a little short on the odds for me as well. But I do like the Rays to pull off a victory in this one at plus one hundred five. Okay, DVR, one more pick for each of us, and we are doing a very similar bet here. We are in the same game. We are on the same team. We are of the same wavelength in terms of what we are betting. We both like the Astros to do some damage offensively tonight against the Tigers, and Bo Brisky taking the mound for Detroit. We both have an over-total basis bet on an Astros hitter. I will let you take this one away first. It looks like we both wanted the platoon advantage, but the... The thing about Brisky is that I don't see enough of a track record to think that he's going to 
be a very good big league starter. I know he was surprisingly effective last time out on the road against the Dodgers. He went five innings, gave up just one run on three hits, only three Ks. I'm not buying it. Uh, so I'm on the Jordan Alvarez side of the total base prop. Uh, it's over one and a half. It's minus 115. The funny thing about Alvarez, though, just like Julio Rodriguez, I said, what are the odds of him hitting a home run tonight? And they are remarkable. Plus 210. <laughs> a plus 210 to hit That's a home ridiculous. run. I'm like, okay, I'm not betting a plus 210 <laughs> to hit a home run. But total bases over one and a half at minus 115. I'm absolutely on that. Jordan Alvarez is one of the best hitters in the game. Full stop. Like that's that's been the case pretty much since the day he showed up in the big leagues. I will take him in a matchup like this at home pretty much every single time we're lucky enough to get one that pops up. And I think maybe the just the general lack of a read on Breesky is helping us in this case. I, I was I'm surprised these are, are not uh, not worse odds. Yeah, I, I am Stu, and I, I, I'm going to take Kyle Tucker in this, too. I'm actually getting plus money on Kyle Tucker to go over the one-and-a-half bases, the same number as Jordan Alvarez. Uh, yeah, Kyle Tucker is just – he's hitting into some bad luck this year. The 253-24-24 line really does not at all uh, translate how well he has been striking the ball so far this season. A 279 BABIP uh, is a big reason why his WOBA sits at 328, but his ex-WOBA sits at 428. Five and he's that we just know like that does not last for long in Major League Baseball. There are a reason that we trust these expected stats. That is going to start evening out for Kyle Tucker. Just a 20.4% K rate, the 9.7% walk rate that we expect from a guy like this. He's forcing pitchers into the zone and he's hitting the ball hard. He's just not getting the right results. I mean, look at the StatCast page, DVR. It is anywhere between the like sort of shaded red that is like good but not great all the way to deep red, which is great for literally every single number that StatCast measures. So this, the, the results are going to start coming for Kyle Tucker sooner rather than later. Getting plus money on a one and a half total base prop against a pitcher who frankly might have a very tough time going up against this Houston lineup. This could actually be just what the Houston offense ordered. This could be exactly what they need. They got Jose Altuve back from the IL a little earlier this week. Uh, Brant, Michael Brantley really is scuffling. Alex Bregman sort of in between scuffling and just bad results, not measuring up to what he's actually doing. Kyle Tucker, things should start evening out for him. This could be a great matchup for Houston generally. I think it certainly is for Tucker specifically. Yeah, totally makes sense. I, I, I'm not worried about Tucker in the wake of his slow start. And if, if you need to be uh, you know, a little more uh, confident based on just what you have seen so far, Jordan Alvarez is putting together an, an MVP start he to is. his season. He's second in the league in hard hit percentage, 63.9%. It's amazing to me someone has a higher hard hit rate than Jordan Alvarez. <laughs> who, who is it? it? It's not going to be surprising. It's Aaron Judge. I oh, mean, yeah. he's okay. just hitting <laughs> missiles right now, too. Uh, barrel rate's up at 19.7% for Jordan Alvarez as well. And he's striking out less than he did last year. He's getting better. He's already amazing. Insane. If he's going to run through a season with a sub-20% K rate and a double-digit walk rate, we are going to see just a gaudy slash line. Mm -hmm. This Houston offense is going to get going eventually. Uh, yeah, I, I'm... I'm in on both of these guys. I mean, I think if you if you're a DFS player, Houston stacks are going to be the chalky stack because of the the rainouts and mm -hmm. obviously this matchup just jumps off the page.
Yeah, all the makings of a get-right matchup for this Houston matchup, and maybe a get-right series, and we see this offense start to turn the corner. Top to bottom, they haven't been quite the Astros we expect them to be through the first month of the season. We think that should even out, and maybe for some of the guys who aren't Gordon Alvarez, it starts evening out tonight against Bo Brisky. That is going to do it for this episode of Best on the Board. Really quick, a programming note before we go. I am out on vacation next week, so Best on the Board going to take a little bit of a break. We will be back with you the week of May 6th. Thank you very much for listening to this episode. For DVR, I am Michael Beller. Good luck. Happy betting. Have a great weekend. We'll talk to you soon.